0: The Holy Gospel according to Saint Matthew. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they harassed; they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest." Then Jesus summoned His twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons you received without payment, give without payment. The gospel of the Lord.
1: grace and peace to you from god our father and the lord jesus christ blessings to all our dads on this father's day and on this sunday as we continue in the season and the sundays after pentecost let's just cut right to the chase today jesus talks about a harvest what is it and how do we be laborers in the harvest now, if you look at the way the term harvest is used, or the analogy of a harvest, it's oftentimes in Jesus' parables um, something about the, the last judgment, the end, the end, you know, is a harvest of sorts, and God will sort out the wheat and the, and the chaff, so to speak. And so, but here, Jesus seems to talk about the harvest is happening right now. right in the public ministry of Jesus. It's happening. It's happening right as He's proclaiming the good news. And note, we're not sowing seeds here. We're actually harvesting. And so, so, how do we get a part of that harvest? And what is it? Well, I would say that the what is the effects of the preaching of the gospel, of the good news. It, that's what He went about teaching and preaching the good news, and that good news was setting people free, That's the kingdom of God happening right there. It doesn't have borders. It doesn't have a president or a king or a queen. It doesn't have, um, you know, a whole new structure and, and all these things. No, it's news heard. You've come to hear some news today. You know, that news was casting out unclean spirits and healing people and... Jesus, I, I mean, when you think about what is the content of the kingdom, it's right there in our… Fr- in, let me put, have Katie put up the first Scripture reading here. Um, think about what Matthew tells us about Jesus. He looked out at the crowds. He looks it out at all of us, and he has compassion. This is a, it's a hard word to translate in Greek. It's, it's guts. It's just… Just his very being aches for these people because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, the people that day were harassed and helpless in lots of different ways, Um, but I think about that. I think we are harassed, and sometimes we don't have a shepherd, and we need one. So what are the unclean spirits? What are the things that are harassing us? The things that I think has crept in, in a way that hasn't always just been there in our culture and time is fear. There's so much to be afraid of. There's it's a violent world. We see the violence on the media and news, so we're aware of it. Um, it's scary. Um, there's all kinds of world events going on that can leave us afraid. We're still living in the aftermath of COVID. A lot of people are still afraid of re-entering. I mean, we're still a hundred less per Sunday than we were pre-COVID, right? (laughs) A hundred less. We've kind of gotten used to this. But it's interesting. So, I guess I want to give you a word of good news today regarding Fear, because I'm I'm a fear-based personality. My kids will tell you, you know, I have to watch that. You know, be careful. Do this. You know, I think about so many passages that speak to this. But Paul said that um, we now can be at peace. Well, how do? How is that that we can be at peace? Because well, God's got us in His hands. I mean, Jesus said in the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter, that we are in His hands and He won't let anyone snatch us away. This is a scary world. There is death. It may happen. But death is not the end of our lives. I think we need to start living with the promise and the understanding that death is not an end for us in Christ. We have that promise. And so let's start living like it. Let's not be paralyzed in fear anymore because actually we can get out there and, yes, it's a scary, dangerous, risky world, but, but that ultimate foe has been taken care of. So, I'm not saying to be reckless, of course. I'm not saying to, you know, all right, get in that motorcycle and let's see if we can make that jump. No, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about living, being in community, being in worship, talking to people, sharing the gospel, Maybe you will be rejected. I don't know. But God's got you in His hands. So, so we, we, I mean, I, if, if I did not try and loose that unclean spirit of fear, I'd be in trouble with our Lord today. So hear that promise. Hear that promise. I mean, the effects of the gospel. Also, the other thing that we struggle with Today is just um, a spirit of division and and uh, um, we don't seem to be able to share our convictions gracefully. I mean, we need to stick with our convictions. I was just listening to some debates that are going on in our school district right here and and the different sides of things and And it's an important conversation, but man, it doesn't seem like either side can put the other side's actions in the best of lights, and and either side doesn't really help it, by the way, (laughs) with the way they come at it, because they seem to come at the debate with hostility and meanness. And my goodness, that's so destructive, and so I need to somehow unbind that unclean spirit and say, you know, God is ultimately in control, and so we live out and we do our best, but we need to do it gracefully and graciously, lovingly. That's what the New Testament says. If you have a correction to give someone, do it with grace and love, not with self-righteousness and meanness and bitterness and anger oh man, the gospel comes in. The kingdom of God is breaking in. It's breaking in right now as you're hearing this news. How are we doing with being laborers out in the effects of the gospel? I mean, we don't have to go into stats. I'm not going to make you sad to tell you those. Um, Yes, our, even our own local congregation here, we're struggling financially. This is a tough time out there in the world. Inflation is just out of control, and it's so expensive to get groceries, it's so expensive to pay your bills, and people are struggling. And, and yeah, that's evidently making effect on our ministry. We're having to look at maybe having to cut back on things because, you know, we're just not there. We're not there where we had hoped to be. So, there's lots of things that, that trouble our hearts, but But I want you to know Jesus has got us in His hands and He won't let us go. You need to hear that over and over again like an inoculation, a vaccine even. You need to keep hearing it, so hear it again today. Now, we should make a quick exegetical note here or a Bible study note about this sending out of the disciples. At the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus sends us all out with the Great Commission, go baptizing and teaching everyone baptizing them in the, name of the Father, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them um, all that Jesus did. and, and all. So, we've, we have that mission, but here we go back in Jesus' ministry to His sending out of the disciples to the lost sheep of Israel. Gentiles, your time is going to come, but now I've got to take care of the, sh- the sheep without a shepherd, my people, Israel, And yes, they're lost, but Jesus is going to find them and preach to them and give them the kingdom. And so the disciples are told to go out. Now, I can't imagine that folks over here like us who are hearing the Great Commission can't learn something from this commission in Jesus' life. Um, At one, the kingdom of God is there. And so one thing I think we could glean from this sending is that the mission is not safe. Did you notice how he sent us out? Didn't say pack a big bag and make sure you got all the your toiletries in there and and make sure you got enough money. You know, um, and if we were to go on, we had to stop somewhere but if we go on, Jesus would say, you know, don't take copper, gold, silver. You know, evidently Matthew's congregation had, you know, the platinum visa cards, you know. And he said, don't take no don't do that. Um he sends them out really vulnerable. Evidently, our sending and mission is not safe. In other words, here's the message. For us to get involved in the la- as laborers, as in the harvest, to be harvesters, it's going to be scary. It's going to be out of your comfort zone. It's going to be, ah, maybe part of that was you coming here today. Some of you I probably knew to worship, and man, it's scary to come down here. Good for you. That's what it, Being a part of the kingdom of God is scary. It's uncomfortable sometimes telling someone, you know what, Jesus loves you and forgives your sins, that's scary because they're going to think you're some kind of religious crazy nut. <laughs> Do it anyway. They need to hear it. That doesn't make you a nut. That doesn't make you crazy. So, we have Jesus' same compassion for those who are harassed and helpless. Engage, people. That's what we're talking about. Jesus calls us to engage with the promise that we've been set free, and now we can be a part of His setting others free. Now, it is Father's Day, after all, um, and... I want to talk to fathers a little bit today, Um, and I realize this is going to make the sermon about five minutes longer than usual, so if you're a guest of ours today, usually it's about 13 minutes, 13 to 15, and maybe sometimes Pastor Bill in particular stretches it a little. But anyway, that's the way it is. got nowhere to go. You know, the interesting thing... About when I talked to fathers and Father's Day. Now, Mother's Day wasn't crazy, you know, packed house like it was pre COVID this last year, but, but typically Father's Day doesn't quite get the draw that Mother's Day does. That's always fascinated me. You know, um, I know why, I know kind of why, I think. But, you know, men are a minority in churches. If you didn't know that, men are maybe 35%, 30% of the attendees in worship. Why is that? That's interesting. So, I'm speaking to the men who are here, so don't worry, I'm not gonna gonna build you up. But I wanna speak a little bit about why I think men struggle with church, why they're underrepresented. And let me start with a caveat uh, that I know that when I do this, I'm obviously gonna have to um, jump into things that are probably cultural when it comes to men and then things that are probably also just ingrained differences in creation there are differences between men and women i believe i think we're just different between men and women are different that's just the way it is god made us that way but then of course cultural stuff is placed on that Men shouldn't cry, you know all this garbage, and because you know I break that rule almost every day, um, you know. So you know, or you know, so I know that when I talk to men, I'm getting immersed in, you know, kind of stereotypes, even maybe. But, but whether it's cultural or ingrained, I got to jump in there somewhere. So the first thing is the reason why I think men often struggle with church is men are taught to be strong. We're tough. It's all about strength. Um, you know, I, how many times I've heard from other men, mostly men, I haven't heard this one from women, interestingly enough, I don't need a crutch. You church people, church people just need a crutch. I don't need a crutch. You know, um, as much as I love Morgan Freeman, the great actor, I listen to him talk about... Uh, Well, he was talking about race relations, I think, um, which was interesting. But but he said it's kind of like church, you know, Um, it's a crutch. You know, it's for weak people. You know, uh, what? But I know a lot of guys think that. If you're a guy and you're here, believe it or not, yeah, a lot of fathers, a lot of guys think that, that that Christianity is for weak people. Well, let me tell you something. The strongest person in the world went to the cross in weakness. The Apostle Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So, actually, the greatest strength is to be vulnerable and be okay with being weak (laughs) and being honest and not trying to put up some kind of facade of strength. God will make you strong, but, hey, listen… the greatest thing you can do, the strongest, most courageous thing you can ever do is to come into this church and say, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And that's what this church is about. I am not perfect. I am not right with God. I have missed the mark, whether it be whatever area of my life I've missed the mark, and I need forgiveness. Now, a lot of people, oh, that's a crutch. No, that's not a crutch. That's honest. They're not being honest. So, so I, need, I want to speak to guys and say, hey, listen, this is strength to, to be vulnerable, to come and get on your knees before God in Christ and hear forgiveness. Well, the other thing that I think that men sometimes struggle with, now, of course, all of these women struggle with too, but anyway, I'm talking to fathers, so that's fine. So, um, so, is that guys sometimes are really in their head, I found, less in their heart now, again, that's culturally maybe dictated or shaped, I don't know, but, but they're, they're into their head, and how many guys I've talked to, young and old, who have these perplexing questions about Christianity or about God in general, and, and they just can't figure it out, and, and it's, they run into you know, brick walls, and they can't, and so they just say, no, I'm not, I don't believe it. And there's no one that's more on a head trip than Pastor Bill, Okay ask my family i'm kind of you know i'm always in the theology that's all i read that's all i read it's ridiculous it's horrible read a novel or something once in a while but you will never figure it out you will never think your way into heaven the reason why God broke into the world in the whole story of Scripture and the why He broke into the world in Christ Jesus is because God knows that His ways is way above our ways and we won't ever figure it out and we need an external force to come in and give us a word. Hey, I love you. You're forgiven. I'm real and I'm good. That's what God says. And yes, there's all this garbage in the world and contradictions to God's grace, but there it is. That's why we have the gospel, is He's put that Word in the midst of it from the outside for us to cling to and hold on to. You'll never think your way into heaven, guys. You won't. You'll hear your way into heaven. Well, the other reasons that guys struggle, I think, is um, they they like… I've heard a lot of guys say to me, fathers say to me, well, I don't believe in anything I can't prove, touch. Show me. I usually just point them to the resurrection and say, well, just spend some time figuring out how a bunch of fishermen could fool the entire world. You (laughs) know. And I get it, because I'm that way sometimes too. None of this is judgmental on guys, but I want you guys to think about this. Okay, there you go, guys. So, hear this word today, be set free from fear, be set free from being harassed by the expectations of others or yourself or being perfect or never making a mistake or ha- doing some, you know, measuring up with your peers or whoever, be set free of that, Jesus has claimed you, He loves you, hear that, but you know what, I think I forgot something completely in this sermon, I think I totally messed, even, as long as it's been, I think I totally lost it, I think I totally... <sighs> I missed something. Can we put up the next scripture? I, I jumped too soon. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. So, I started talking about laboring and all of that, but I skipped something. What did I skip? Yeah, yeah. So, let's just end. Let's go back to where we should have started and pray. Gracious, and so please pray with me, gracious and loving God, I pray for You to pour out Your Holy Spirit upon us, Your church, that somehow we, broken as we are, can be part of the harvest of Your Word, that Your Word has wants to bring and set people free with forgiveness and grace and love, and so help us be a part of that. We pray that you might even send us. God, I pray that you'll deliver us from lethargy of the summer and the doldrums of post-COVID, and I pray that you'll deliver us from fear and anxiety so that we can be used by you. I pray, Lord, for all those who are turned off to church, who are hardened to the gospel, and sometimes because of the church and because of Christians, and God, we ask your forgiveness for any time in any way in which we have been a stumbling block to people hearing the good news. Forgive us, and we pray that you soften the hearts of people, that they could see that What the church is about is bringing good news of Jesus to the world. And so I pray that You would pour out Your Spirit upon them and upon us. We place our Silverdale Lutheran's situation before You, the finances, the the struggle um, in so many ways to recover and get back to... the place of ministry that we were before covid we place that before you and we pray for the harvest we pray that we would be laborers in your harvest give us energy and passion Um, may each person here know that they are your child may they hear the gospel that you've accepted them you've blessed them you've made them righteous in faith in jesus christ that they can't be any more righteous than they are by just trusting in him and so let this adventure begin
2: Let us join our voices together with all the witnesses of Christ as we confess our faith in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now join as our voices together as we pray for the people of God, for all people everywhere according to their needs.
3: Lord God, you equip us for ministry and send us into the rich fields of this world ready for harvest. Give us wisdom to know that our actions and words are directed by your Spirit, which never leaves us alone, and give us courage to risk the privilege of being your hands, feet, and voice in the world around us. Lord, in your mercy. are our prayer. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for the freedom you give us through your blood poured out for all people. We remember with pain the dark history of slavery, even as we celebrate the message of freedom that came finally on that first Juneteenth to those bound by oppression. May our actions always reflect in tangible ways the true freedom we share in your name. Lord, in your mercy.
2: Hear our prayers.
3: Holy Spirit, bless all fathers this day who, whether by birth or adoption or simply stepping up, have blessed generations to come. For all those who mentor and care for the children in our hands, reflecting the love of God our Father, we give you thanks. Be with us in our celebrations and our memories. Lord, in your mercy.
2: Hear our prayers. Loving God, we pray for your healing for Mary-Claire Gehring as she recovers from knee surgery, for Marge Carlson as she is recovering now at Martha Mary, and we give thanks for Tim Gregg's uh, return home uh, from a surgery uh, in Hawaii and that he's able to be now recovering at home. We pray for those recovering from surgery and illness, for Don Budden, John Daly, Deanna Gossett, Kay Kirsten, and Pete Ozimek. We pray for many in our midst who are facing cancer, and we lift up those who are deployed and their families here at home. There are many for also for whom we continue to pray, and others we lift before you now. Sam. Sam. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, all places for which we pray, trusting in the mercy, the love, the healing, forgiveness, and compassion that you have shown through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you all. Please share that peace with one another. Blessings to you this day. Uh, for those who are gathered in-house in worship today, we'd ask that you pass those friendship booklets along the way and note your presence here with us in worship. It's a great place. If you're uh, a guest of ours today, uh, remember you can't visit worship. It isn't a spectator sport, so to speak. When you're here, you're as much a part of this place as those who have, have been here their whole lives, and so we're all gathered as, as, as family in Christ's name. But we do want to um, connect with you. That is really our mission, to connect more to Christ, more deeply in our faith, more widely in our community, as we love the Kitsap community and beyond to the rest of the world. Um, and so we want to make that connection with you as well. Um, if you're at home viewing this, you can use that Connect card. Um, you can use it. It's actually in your bulletins here present as well uh, to let us know you're worshiping with us, to uh, offer prayer concerns or, or any other kind of feedback that we might need to know, and so we invite you to do that. Um, Also, uh, make use of our church app if you haven't used it. It's a great way to stay connected. You can kind of view in on things maybe that you've missed or connect in other ways. Um, It's also a great great place if you're going to be traveling around this summer um, to uh, keep your stewardship healthy and keep the church healthy in that way um, as well, so check that out. I want to offer just a few uh, quick announcements this morning. First of all, it's the last day to sign up for Middle Camp and Family Camp. You heard from uh, Professor Von Campus Fun last week. It's a weird guy. I don't really like him, but anyway, you heard from him last week. But uh, he, he told you this is the last week. So anyway, that Middle Camp is coming up. It's going to be a great event. We've got a record number already signed up, um, so let's keep that going. And then Family Camp as well, great time to connect um, there, too. Speaking of the summer, we have a vibrant uh, Vacation Bible School coming up. And uh, we're calling it Kicking It Old School this year. So we're going to have some rewritten songs to to some old oldies, um, some old rock and roll hits. And so that'll be a lot of fun. But we invite you to volunteer and be a part of that and bless these kids and go into that harvest, that field to harvest as well. Want to make a note, too. There is a change today. There is a... um, Uh, Well, yeah, also all church camp is coming up later in the summer, but we're going to get to that later. Um, Note that there's a venue change for the Father's Day picnic today. It's out at Luther Haven, the camp that we um, own with a lot of other churches. Um, But they're going to do it on the camp side, not the picnic side. So if you're used to going to that day use side where you first see Luther Haven off Holly Road by the lake, you're going to want to keep going, take the next left, go around. Um, We can get you directions for that. Um, but it'll be on that campsite so that they have use of the lodge in case we get some liquid sunshine today. So, want to note that. We now continue uh, in our worship with our pledges and our offerings and our offering music.
1: Let us talents and tongues employ Reaching out with a shout of joy Bread is broken, the wine is poured Christ is spoken and seen and heard Jesus lives again, earth can breathe again Past the world. Jesus lives again, earth can breathe again Past the word. Merciful Merciful Father, Father, we we offer offer with joy joy and thanksgiving what you you have have first given us, ourselves, ourselves. our
3: time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
2: The Lord be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death in the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life, in this life and in the life to come. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, Holy In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the